Welcome to the second episode of Cooking with the Wood Sisters. I'm Catherine Wood, and I'm here with my sister and partner, Sally Wood. We are glad to welcome our niece, Nikki Wood Albridge, to our second episode. Welcome to Cooking with the Wood Sisters, Nikki. Can you please give a brief introduction of yourself to our listeners? Sure. Hello, lovely Wood aunt. I am Nikki, Nikki Wood Albridge. I have been a Wood my whole life and an Albridge for part of it. I live in Madison, Wisconsin with my husband and my two boys, 10 and 6, and then a myriad of animals as well. It sounds like today we're talking about Danish pancakes, which is something that all of the aforementioned are really excited to eat and I'm really excited to talk about. Sal, you want to take over? Sure. I'd like to say I just had a Danish pancake at Nikki's house last Saturday, and they were just delicious. She does a great job. Let's just get those boys to practice on. (laughs) So, Nikki, what recipe would you like to share with our listeners today? So, I'm going to be sharing Danish pancakes, which is near and dear, I think, to all of the wood children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren's hearts, something that I definitely grew up eating my whole life although some would argue maybe more cooked then than they should have been. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about this uh, the other day, that you're the fourth generation making Danish pancakes that I know of. I know my Danish grandma brought the recipe to the States, and I don't know if she made them back in Denmark or if she just started making them here. But anyway, that makes you four. And I saw Liam helping you. He would be Mm. fifth generation, which is wonderful. Will you talk us through the recipe for the pancakes, listing the ingredients first, please? So the first step is to get all the ingredients together. He is a quart of buttermilk, four whole eggs, one teaspoon of baking soda, two teaspoons of granulated sugar, a dash of salt, and two cups of all-purpose flour approximately. Start by mixing the quart of buttermilk, the four whole eggs, and the teaspoon of baking soda. I like to use a whisk for this just to make sure that we're getting everything mixed well. Uh, And then after that, adding the granulated sugar, the two teaspoons of granulated sugar, the dash of salt. Dash to me is kind of, it probably equates to maybe half a teaspoon for me. I put some in the palm of my hand and I I chuck it in. Um, And then the flour can be a little tricky depending on the consistency that you want. So two cups is a great place to start for the flour. I do usually add a little bit more. My grandmother used to equate the consistency to melted ice cream. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I go a little a little bit thicker than that. And then I will say there are times where I'm like, oh, this isn't quite right. I feel like maybe I shouldn't have added more, but when it's runny, it kind of freaks me out, so I add a little more. It's really all a preference as to how you want to do it. So once all of those are mixed together to the consistency that you want, the pan is the next thing to think about. So I know that traditionally in my family, it's been a cast iron skillet. I will say I have a cooktop, and I don't like the way that the cooktop, the ceramic cooktop, heats a cast iron quite as much as like a gas or even the coils. I don't really make those anymore. So I will use just my regular kind of Teflon cooking pan, Mm -hmm. um, and it seems to heat up just fine. So you want to get the skillet or the pan to about medium, medium high heat to start. You may turn it down eventually if it starts to cook them a little too quickly, but it's a good spot to start. There is a stipulation that you use a wooden spoon. That is family traditional, but I do stand by it. (laughs) The other stipulation, according to my recipe, which I am referring to occasionally because it is quite colorful, is 
Um, while frying, it's important to whistle gently and place your left hand with fingers to back of your upper left hip right below your waist. <laughs> if you fail to do this, the pancakes will not turn out right. <laughs> Which might be, that might be my problem. It might not be the consistency. It might be that I don't always have my hand there. So, you know, try it that way first. And if it works, stick with it. After that, it's a lot like making pancakes. You go ahead and you pour the batter Make a nice circle. These pancakes are traditionally a little bit larger than regular pancakes. They're thinner than regular pancakes, so it will spread out across the pan. And then when the bubbles start to kind of pop on the top of the pancake, you flip it right on over and do the other side. Repeat, repeat, repeat. I will say it makes a lot, and I'm usually a pretty good timer in the kitchen as far as getting everything done at the same time. But with these, I sometimes, sometimes my bacon's done before my pancakes. It takes a little longer to get through them all. That's it. Can I also add that sometimes I'll use two pans if I need to get them done faster. And I butter the pan in between pancakes, too. I put butter in there, and I think that adds a little to the flavor as well. You're right. Actually, I do the same thing. That's not in the recipe, but I definitely do that, too. And it does something to the color. It makes them kind of a neat, Mm -hmm. it it gives it that neat stippled appearance. You have to watch them carefully, don't you agree? Because I think the three of us will agree that my mother, Nikki's grandmother, used to burn them on a regular basis. Which <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. would cause yeah. some grandchildren to go, oh no, Danish pancakes. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think keeping an eye on them, I think part of the reason for that is how thin they are. You get used to cooking, mm. you know, regular, thicker, like buttermilk pancakes. Right. And the, the thicker they are, the longer they take with these. It, it really doesn't take long at all. And I would say mm. watching the heat, too, because I know that, you know, a common problem, at least for me in the beginning, um, is when you have the heat too high, you cook the outsides quite a bit, and then the insides will not catch up. And then oh. one of your children goes to cut into it, and it oozes a little, and then, <laughs> then that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How do you eat them in your family? What do, do you put anything on them once they're ready to eat? I think almost everyone in my house is a little different. I will say the boys are a, a huge fan of, they make them almost more like crepes. So there's a lot of whipped cream and strawberries involved hmm. um, and, <laughs> in the way that they eat them. So Liam and Christian, they will use strawberries and whipped cream, definitely. I really like, for lack of a better term, like real maple syrup. And then my husband is actually a fan of Aunt Jemima or Log Cabin or something a little more, what's the word I'm looking for, a little more... Unreal. That. <laughs> but I know that like my, my grandmother used to put jam or something in the middle and roll it up, kind of like a crepe, and put some powdered sugar on it. So people can do it that way right. as well. I'm sure there's a savory option that none of us have ever gotten to because we're oh. all stuck on the sweet one. But so there's, I mean, really, there's so many different ways. Mostly I have maple syrup and butter, but I do like to put Greek yogurt in fruit and roll them up. Mm, that oh, good that's too. a good idea. Grandma used to look for a lingonberry jam, traditionally a Scandinavian jam, and she would put that really tart jam down the middle and, like Nikki said, roll them up and then uh, sprinkle them with powdered sugar and eat them that way. I'll actually sometimes put blueberries in them, but it really does make turning them over more of a challenge. So (laughs) you have to be really, yeah, you really have to be confident in your pan, I think, and your um, spatula for turning because they really are thin and the blueberries will stick up a bit over the top of the actual batter. But I love that flavor of blueberry and the tartness of the buttermilk, so Mm -hmm. I've done them that way too. All right, Sal, now that I've butted in, 
you have any other questions you want to ask? <laughs> I just have one more comment that Grandma, Mom, my mom, Nikki's grandma, taught us to, we would keep the leftover, if there were leftover pancakes, we kept them in the fridge and we would sprinkle those with granulated sugar and roll them up and just eat them out of hand as like a mm. little snack when we wanted mm-hmm. one too, if there were any leftovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they are they're good cold too. Like that's uh mm-hmm. you're right, it is kind of a nice little thing you can grab if you need to or they, they refrigerate well. So if my kids yeah. you know, I given the day they either make too many or not enough. But if I make too many, they are good the next day as well. Yeah, I think so too. I have memories of my mother frying them and I've made them and it's so much fun that Nikki's making them and her son Liam is helping with her too. It's just kind of amazing to me that this recipe's been passed down into five generations in our family now, like my Mm -hmm. sister pointed out. Yeah, I think it's so important to have that. I think it's so important to have those Mm. traditions that you can pass down and for so many people it involves food and so I do feel really lucky. Like I can't say that I have recipes from every every background within my family family tree and so Mm -hmm. this has always been really special oh that's really nice thank you for adding that probably late in the conversation to say it but i think they also go good with sides of bacon and sausage too so Mm -hmm. that's a given to be on the safe side will you will you just list the ingredients one more time please sure so a quart of buttermilk four whole eggs one teaspoon of baking soda two teaspoons of granulated sugar a dash of salt Two cups of all-purpose flour, approximately. Our family's recipe for Danish pancakes will be available as a PDF on the Radical Songbook's homepage, and you can find that at theradicalsongbook.com. Thank you for joining us for our second episode of Cooking with the Wood Sisters with our special guest, Nikki Wood Albridge. We will be back next month as a part of the Radical Songbook podcast. Our delightful theme music is by my friend Joyce Respis. Take us out, Sal. Until next time, keep feeding your bellies and your soul.